0: This is Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell coming to you with another episode of OCAST's podcast. Again, for those that are kind of listening for the first time, this is a podcast series that my Lieutenant Governor office in partnership with OCAST has started to really, you know, tell the story of very innovative companies around the state of Oklahoma. that are doing some pretty amazing work. Uh, Imagine that work, if if I can say that, uh, in the state of Oklahoma. Um, that have worked with OCAST and, and the great Oklahoma Innovation Pipeline model that we have in Oklahoma, uh, that I'm a a huge supporter of, uh, and I think is is a, a pipeline model that uh, we need to be talking more about, um, because I think companies around the country and around the world uh, that are looking to relocate uh, could really tap into just a wealth of information uh, and help uh, right here uh, in the Hub of America, as we call it. This is the Hub of America. Uh, but we got to tell the world that. So um, with that, we have, I'm really excited for uh, our guest today, ExploSafe. Uh, is that right, guys? ExploSafe. That is, that is correct. That is correct. Love the name. Uh, and we have uh Abe and Michael with us. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. A, a little bit of, of background uh, before I start into questions uh, for you guys. Uh, again for, for listeners here, Explosafe. This is a Stillwater Oklahoma company. I'll, I'll certainly want to ask ask the guys uh why Stillwater. Uh did you go to school there? So get ready for that question. I love Stillwater Oklahoma. Uh it's a research and development company. Uh their primary focus, this is really cool, uh the provider of critical safety solutions for homeland security uh and chemical safety. So uh explosives, we're in the we're we're gonna have some explosive talk uh today. Uh, and again, it, just another great example of uh, a really innovative company uh, right here in Oklahoma that's doing some some uh, really amazing work. We actually talking before we went live here. Um, I certainly want you to talk about uh, the NASA relationship, and if you're able to, as well. You know, we have in Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma is the number two air, number two industry in Oklahoma's aerospace already. Uh, and I think there's some natural connections there. But again, our 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 guest today, ExploSafe. And again, their products, they work by dramatically changing the color, the presence of peroxide, chlorite based explosives and strong chemicals like that. So again, that's way over my head. But uh, those are the things that Michael and uh, Shoab are going to be talking about today. So with that, guys, first question here. Talk a little bit about how the company was formed, and and really what led you to research this area. Again, very highly technical area, really good niche. But but tell me, so it's really a two part two parter. Uh, for you know, talk about forming the company and really what led to this kind of research.
1: Yeah, so that's you know, and that's a very uh, given the name that we have, Explosive. Like any company, a unique story in in the making, but it's a unique story to Oklahoma in general. I don't think it, this would be possible in in any other state. The reason being, the way we started was, you know, this is a, this kind of goes back to what you alluded very quickly before the Oklahoma innovation model. So I was a student 11 years ago at at Oklahoma State. Okay. I uh, did my master's, which was my second stint at OSU because I did my bachelor's before that. Okay. Uh, for a couple of years, worked outside the state. Uh, in Texas, in Dallas, for almost nine months, and then all the places Cleveland, Ohio, uh, for a year, uh, the year when LeBron James went for his first finals, ah, and it, okay. they lost. That, yeah. That's the highlight. And I moved back to Oklahoma uh-huh. right around that time to do my to do my masters. Uh, and during my masters, you know, we got exposed to I two E, the Oklahoma Governor's Cup, OCAST, yeah. and OCAST throwing and hosting all these great opportunities sessions for how to be an entrepreneur, how to, uh, you know, apply for uh, SPIRs, which are small business innovation research uh, contracts and, and grants. And in general, just a wealth of resources on how if somebody were to be interested in doing a technology business uh, could, uh, you know, take the next step. So i fortunate to be here, fortunate to attend uh, these uh, events organized by OCAST, fortunate to compete in the I2E Governors' Cup, uh, with this technology that became explosive. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's so for us, that's the genesis. You know, I was working with two professors from, from the university who had this cool technology. You know, I'm not a smart technology guy, but a capable and, and fortunate person to be, you know, in that, in the setting in the state of Oklahoma when they are offering these opportunities at OSU, when the professors are doing this great research. I just happen to be the link that connects, you know, the technology to the opportunity and present. Uh, a business plan for what became Explosive. You know, we competed. Uh, we did not win the governor's cup, but uh, gave us the uh, the motivation and the uh, uh, and the appetite and the insight to like, okay, what if this we would launch a company that would, you know, solve this challenge of explosive detection? What if we could leverage the resources in our state and the technology at the university? Uh, to for the betterment of the society and, and make money doing it. So Well,
0: and it's great to hear, too, that you, you mentioned entrepreneurial spirit and entrepreneurial programs that Oklahoma has. It's great to hear that that was something that impressed you about the state. We like hearing that. And again, this is Explosive, my interview with Explosive today. Again, their unique design is used for trace detection of primary improvised explosives. So how again? Going to that first, what led you in that direction? I mean, where, where, where? Kind of uh, did that? I mean, may have been a passion. It may have been a, uh, but, but, what kind of led you down uh, that road of 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 this kind of uh, research? I mean, primary improvised explosive uh, uh, designs.
1: Yeah. So there is there is a challenge for uh, detection of improvised explosives. So the traditional explosives, you know, the RDX, TNT. Uh, that you that you hear of used by military and other agencies uh, probably t- typically traditionally work on a charge and stable so you can transport them the improvised explosives in general are the ones that you probably remember really if you go back 10 years ago uh, that there were news and uh, articles out there saying people beware of people buying a lot of peroxides yeah, beware of people yeah. buying ingredients from your grocery store And you could see local news and and national news picking up stories on, oh, somebody might be buying a lot of making an explosive in your neighborhood, you know, how Mm -hmm. how to be aware of that. So the challenge was, and still is in some capacity, the inability to to detect uh, some of these improvised explosives in the field quickly. Uh, without uh, triggering these explosives, because these are super unstable, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's the reason why they they've been used, unfortunately, in a lot of bad events yes. in 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 a, in a country and also outside. Uh, so we you know happen to have a technology that could do that, and we you know motivation uh, to build a product uh, that can solve this problem. And the goal always for us has been to build something that's super econo- economical, so it can be used not only by the agencies that can afford the technology, but also you know, a security guard at a, at a, at a high school or at, at, or at a concert hall where if they would have come across a bag sitting on a corner and somebody wanted to do a quick check, they could do it in the field and do it in a way where you could get a color change so you, should, so you have a positive test. And then also in a way where the technology that you provide them is non-invasive so it would not cause them to trigger the explosive by accident. Mm. So, you know, we, and that's been an approach from our side, making pragmatic solutions that are economical and, of course, scalable to produce so we can manufacture that locally within our facility. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Um, but how has how have the OCAS programs, this kind of connects the dot here, how, how have the OCAS programs helped your business grow? So
2: the OCAS programs in particular have been instrumental in us being able to, not only find funding during lean years to push out new products that maybe weren't fine-tuned for a national award, but they've also helped us find the people that we hire. Um, We hire a lot of young students through OSU, and it's usually really difficult to find people that are willing to put in the work, um, willing to step into an unknown area. But the OCAST intern funding in particular has been great for us. It has funded some opportunities that um you know smaller amounts of research that have helped us pull on good talent and bring people into the company to give them an introduction of what the research process is like and what it's like working for a fast paced technology company um We've really been able to survive through some tough situations um you know the economic downturns that we see every so often. Ocast has always been there with consistent funding for us for these great ideas that we see um and it's just been a fantastic opportunity to know that somebody within the state is always there willing to prop up the small businesses and is willing to help us continue moving forward even if maybe our ideas aren't quite ready for the national stage yet
0: and and how often do you communicate with OCast at this point i mean the i mean is it a a weekly relationship here? What? How does that work? We definitely, we talk to OCAST
2: quite a bit. We right now, I think we have three projects through OCAST. That's we have two great. intern funding opportunities, and then we have an accelerated research opportunity. Great. And we have had a working relationship with them now for the 11 years that we've been open.
0: Fantastic. And
2: anytime we have a question, we know that OCAST or I2E or somebody will be there provided you know through the state yeah. to help us guide into the national, international market, wherever we may be. Unsure of where we're going, somebody has expertise in that area through OCAST.
0: That's great. Really good to hear. How does a product detect explosives here? I mean, we've we've talked about your product, uh, certainly talked about, again, that partnership with OCAST. The down and dirty here, how does a product detect explosives?
2: So we're experts in this area, obviously, and our end users are not. So we've made this as foolproof as possible for them And we call it colorimetric change. So if you put a drop of a material that's white onto a white powder and it turns blue, sure enough, that's an explosive. We've made it as foolproof as possible. And what it is, is it's a chemical reaction at the surface, obviously. um, And that's what causes the color change. But we've optimized these reactions as to where they're not going to cause any heat generation. They're not going to cause any static electricity to be off-put, so they're not going to cause the chemicals to explode. Um, but we figured that people could use their eyes, and it will be the most obvious indicator of whether or not something is an explosive. It pulls the need for instruments and expensive technology out of, completely out of the question, um, and it's just a simple drop or a simple test strip that changes color and is extremely apparent to the eye that people who are untrained in explosives um, can really just say, wow, this looks a lot different. It must be a positive.
0: And the end users at this point have been who? Um, we have
2: definitely security companies. We have um, several bomb squad units that yeah. we've worked with. Um, yeah. We've partnered with um, TSA in some regards. Um, really just anybody who has a need to protect large amounts of people, yeah. uh, either we've approached them or they've approached us, and it's we kind of found an a way to work there. together.
1: Yeah, yeah see, the yeah. goal is to you know be of service. Uh, use the technology to provide service to people that are, in some cases, challenged uh, and have limited resources. So, yeah. bomb squads in general, right? There are yeah. around 450 bomb squads in the United States. People don't realize this. Before every sporting event, before every music event, the bomb squad is yeah. is is has the, has the work requirement to come and sweep the area. Mm-hmm. So, before any o, OU football game or OSU football game or TU football game, there is a couple of bomb squads which are driving either from Tulsa or Oklahoma City or Edmond. So making a sweep of that of the facility, securing the perimeter, making sure everything's checked. So they have limited resources. And if then if they do encounter something in the field, we want to provide a resource that they can use instantly without having to worry about, okay, what if my sensor's not working? What if I'm out of my battery's out of charge? What if I need to send four units across and each unit costs $100,000? Can yeah. we afford this? Uh, well, you know, we want to make it cheap enough, scalable enough, easy enough. Uh, to not only the experts can use like bomb squad a commander, but then security people uh private security companies that are you know outside the thunder arena checking making sure everybody's safe out there Gotcha. uh
0: what other products do you guys offer um you know we've talked about explosives, I could talk about that for hours but but what other products do you uh are you guys looking at or or offer right now
2: so other than the explosives products or at least the explosive detection products, we have moved into. Um, additional technologies for bomb squads. We've manufactured, um, training aids for canines, um, training aids that will help you calibrate your instruments if you do have the, you know, $100,000 instrument that can detect explosives. We found a way to take real explosive vapors and lock them into a matrix where they're no longer detonable. Um, you can hit them with a hammer, you can stick a match up to them, and they will not explode. So we have basically found a market where People were either using live explosives that were extremely dangerous to the canines that they were working with, or they were using synthetic explosives that don't quite smell the same to the dog. And so we found a way to make it safer and make it better for the training of the canine by taking the actual vapors from the explosives for them to train with. Um, Additionally, we've moved into wastewater treatment a lot. We have partnered with several people in the state of Oklahoma um, to start working on wastewater treatment technologies. A big problem in the United States, uh, not just Oklahoma, is that nutrient runoff during agricultural operations runs into streams, runs into lakes, rivers, and ponds, and all of a sudden you have algae growth Mm -hmm. and the water's no longer viable for fish or for your cattle to drink. And so we have found a way to create a sorbent material that can go into those water sources, pull out the phosphorus, the nitrate, the ammonium, the urea, all the things that you would normally put on your field, and we can draw it back out of the water, um, preventing the water from going toxic and eutrophying. And you can then take that material and put it back on your field and have a slow-release fertilizer. Um, So we saw a lot of value to the everyday farmer and rancher in Oklahoma with that technology. And a big technology that we've been transitioning into um, with some partnership with the U.S. military and similarly with NASA is that we've developed a powder That is capable of drawing in and trapping almost any vapor you can imagine. Um, And so, with that technology, we've developed a wearable dosimeter badge, which is a badge that can just be worn right on your lapel um, if you're working or you think you might be exposed to high concentrations of chemicals. OSHA has mandated that you actually track those exposures for certain chemicals. So, we've developed a dosimeter badge that is an all in one badge. It can capture pretty much any compound you can imagine. And then we have A proprietary technology that we've developed to then extract the vapors out of those badges and quantify them so we can tell you what chemicals you've been exposed to what concentrations and then you can report to OSHA and say yes I am actually following the standards here I know what my employees are being exposed to and in the case of the military it's allowing us to look forward 20 30 40 years and try to get better safety protocols in place to prevent things like the Agent Orange exposure from Vietnam or the burn pits from the Gulf War, we're trying to eliminate those situations popping up 20 to 30 years from now by helping track these exposures um, from today. Um, we can tell you what our servicemen and women are exposed to, and we can help them stay safer in the long run so that they can, you know, t- just take home stories from yeah. the war, not take home the mental That's- and Emotional
1: and health effects that accompany it.
0: I had no idea you guys had that much going on. It's pretty ama- pretty pretty amazing. It's pretty uh, amazing.
1: It's eleven years in the making. Yeah. So we just keep a head down and get to work.
0: So what what a, what's the value of keeping your company in Oklahoma? I mean, you guys could be anywhere. Um, you choose to to, uh, and I know you went to school there, but but you could still choose to, to to be anywhere in the world. What what's the value of of keeping that that your company and companies, frankly, uh, in Oklahoma?
1: So we do get a lot of a uh, lot of inquiries from other states, you know. So there are two companies that I am fortunate to be a part in. Explosafe is one, and Max Q is the other one. Uh, on Max Q side, we make packaging for blood vaccines, by you know, pharmaceuticals, COVID test, uh, convalescent plasma. So we we make packaging for that. Our product is manufactured in still water. Uh, users are all over the all over the country, in Europe, and Asia. Uh, we provide good packaging for a lot of the reagents that get used for blood testing so we have in on the max q side we have investors Mm -hmm. uh, that invest in the company and typically the investment model that comes in the angel investing or the vc investing model is uh they typically have a five to seven year window where they want to exit out which means typically a buyout some bigger company buys the technology or the company out or or the manufacturing capacity out to to benefit from it so when we do get investment from uh, outside investors the question does come up. You know, you guys are located in Stillwater. Uh, doesn't look like the ideal location for you guys to be in, for Max at least. Uh, and you know, why not Texas? Why not California? You know, you guys have cool technology. That there's there's resources outside. Well, there's a, there's a trade-off, right? So in Oklahoma, uh, for us, we've been doing it for almost 11 years now. The cost of running a business is low, lowest that you can run off. We have access to great resources, universities. Uh, where you can hire good talent, universities where you can get access to equipment researchers to solve problems that may be difficult for a company to solve on their own. Uh, and then in general, uh, you know, resources provided by OCAST, I2E, you know, the access to uh, good, We also have good investors in state that, you know, are motivated to keep good businesses in the state of Oklahoma. So, you know, our our explanation to a lot of people outside is, you know, if we are successful, in doing what we are doing, and we are doing it at a, at, a, at a very low overhead rate, manufacturing in Oklahoma. We are able to attract talent and retain talent in the state from the universities. Students typically that we hire that end up becoming, you know, motivated and becoming a part of a growing company, uh, we like that. Uh, so that's, and it's more is working for us. Yeah. So why change it? Why step out, you know, thinking the grass is greener on the, uh, in, on sure. the other side and and put ourselves in a position where we don't want to be. We're a growing company. We want to focus on that and grow as, as quickly as we can.
0: Well, and it's, again, I mean, you guys are some of the best ambassadors for us. Uh, and, and I say that in general with our small business owners and, and business owners in general. You guys are the best ambassadors for us of telling that story of why Oklahoma should be the best place. It is the hub of America. It, it should be the place where any business can thrive. And We want to take that, that story to the world. What could Oklahoma do? Again, we, we talked about the positives. Every state needs to be looking at uh, you know, their weak spots. What what could Oklahoma do better to help fill kind of that pipeline of engineers? You know, with, with a lot of, you know, aerospace is the number two industry in Oklahoma. For us to keep it the number two industry, you know, we have to continue to fill this pipeline of engineers. I, I, any thoughts on that? Um, you know, I'm always asking that question of business owners because, you know, those are things that we can directly affect at a legislative level as well.
1: Absolutely. So you know, I mean, let's go back and look at what Oklahoma represents, right? Oklahoma always represents, to me at least, coming from outside, a group of hardworking people mm-hmm. that that get to work, that are not, you know, uh, that are not opposed to, you know, uh, that are not distracted by the outside influences for the most part, and are and are motivated to getting a job done. Once you commit to some job, we take it, we get it done. And manufacturing, to me, seems to be our core strength. So in even in aerospace, most of the aerospace. Revenues that we get in the state are from manufacturing, yeah, uh, and, right. and sticking to the same theme, you know, good technology, technological growth. Again, manufacturing, you know, is is something that is needed. Is something that's that's done. And the companies that we do, Explosive and Max Q, both are technology companies. Both have diversified technology portfolio that you know essentially can be licensed by a GE or a 3M. And and we look forward to that. Great. But then at the end of the day, you still need to manufacture the goods yes, right. uh, to make it available to the people to use it. And what other what are the place? What are the location? What are the kind of mindset of people in general that you want to hire? I rather hire an Oklahoma student or a or a or a person to manufacture, to grow and build a business. The work ethic is is great. The overhead overhead is low, and we have a really good uh, network. OCAST is one. Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance doesn't get mentioned enough. Yeah. It is is a great is an asset to our state. Yeah. You know the uh, the reps that we've worked with over the last eleven years are tireless in finding. Local resources. So, for example, you know, for the batch that you see for chemical vapor sampling, everything is made here. We we do the manufacturing ourselves. The injection molding, typically, we were told you need to go to China for that. Yeah. Uh, great. Yeah, we can go to China, but then we talked to our local, local local Oklahoma manufacturing alliance rep and said, let me let me find out. We found us a, a injection molding company out of, out of New huh. Oklahoma. You know, locally, hour yeah. and a half to our drive from Seawater. It's easy to work with them, the local guys. Yeah, the cost was slightly higher than China, but then I would rather work with somebody local, yeah. trust them to deliver the goods when we need them, and be able to tweak it yeah. uh, without having to worry about you know changes in in policy or changes sure. in, changes in you know I mean especially with COVID right now right I rather have a supplier in Oklahoma I can buy stuff from, than wait on supplies coming from China.
0: No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh I've really enjoyed this guys. Any final thoughts from from either one of you um uh final parting thoughts for for this podcast?
1: Yeah, so you know for for me I mean uh from from my perspective we didn't we didn't have a chance to mention unfortunately to talk about the SPIR uh the uh, program that you know it is yeah. essentially America's investment technology investment fund. So uh you know so federally I think probably not sure about the right number, it's it's in billions, is available by the federal agencies, Department of Defense, National Science Foundation, um, EPA, USDA, to invest in technology businesses across the nation we as a state in Oklahoma are doing doing well in that yeah. perspective, or at least we were not really there, and now we are doing our part. Yeah. Tom it,
0: Wavering, uh, Tom it, Wavering is uh, yeah. yeah, he's been our point on that part of the again innovation pipeline model that we have. I'm glad you mentioned it because yeah, yeah it's it's an overlooked. People don't realize the resources are there at the federal level. Yeah,
1: and and for people listening out of, from out of state, you know, we have workshops, we have resources, we have experts. If you guys are trying to find non-equity-based capital to invest and grow your business, SPIRs is is an avenue. OCast pair them together yeah. in terms of funding. You can get so much done. That's a great point. Nowhere else you'll find resources like this. Great point,
0: Michael. Anything else? You know, um, just kind of going back to your last question of
2: why or what can Oklahoma do better? Why are we still in Oklahoma? I think it really does come down to the people. Um, nowhere else can I pick up the phone and call. 10 small businesses, and all 10 say, yeah, great. How can I support you in this endeavor? Hmm. Um, I got the phone number for Highland Dairy one day, and within half an hour, they signed on to say, yeah, we would love to help you in your research. Um, The Oklahoma Aquarium said, great. Tell us what we can do to help you get where you need to be. The city of Stillwater, the wastewater treatment plant, fantastic. Come out, test with us. Um, Oklahoma's just full of friendly people that want to see other businesses succeed. And, you know, I'm from California. I grew up out there. You can't even have a conversation with the cashier at Safeway without them looking at you like you're crazy. Out here, everybody's invested in our company, is invested in our technology, and wants to see the state thrive. And I don't think any other state can offer that.
0: Uh, I can't, can't end on a better comment than that. So uh, thank you guys so much for thank doing you. this. Uh, thank you for your dedication and, and pride in the state because I, I, can, I can see it uh, and uh, really wish you all the best. Hope I hope this company continues to grow. I know it will continue to grow. Uh, and growing it right here in Oklahoma. So thank you all for the, for those listening, uh, and uh, please tune in to our next podcast. It will be coming to you very soon. Thank you all so much.